a listener production. So I feel awkward about bringing this up with you guys. Um, but Nick and I were talking about it. Um, My husband Nick and I have organised a lunch with his parents. We gave them the heads up that we have something serious to discuss with them. They're probably thinking we're getting a divorce or we've turned anti-vax. But what we have to say will probably disappoint them just as much. Um, and we... Can I firstly just say that we love gifts. We love gifts um, and very much appreciate it. Yeah, they have to stop. They have to stop. Yes, they're endless streams of gift-wrapped plastic presents that I could see as future landfill toy crap has to stop. In the last two weeks, we've got a Elsa dress, then a weird array of, like, cheap plastic things, assorted things from the Footscray market. We've got... A Uh-oh. Peppa Pig Lego... No, Peppa Pig Play-Doh slash plastic wow. set. You guys are, yeah. <laughs> I didn't look, do anything. Look, look, what, look, what you gave, look what I'm holding right but, now. You bought this Robbie. today. I'm sorry, but <laughs> it's the last one. <laughs> I, have, I have a question. What if we buy them in recyclable cardboard? Mm, it's still... It's the hunks of plastic. Okay, I know this probably makes us seem ungrateful, but honestly, every single day there's a new delivery from them that's addressed to the kids and it's really screwing up my zero-waste parenting. My husband Nick reckons we've got to be firm with them. You know where it's going to end up, all of it? At the tip. In landfill. Yes. Right. Um, and it'll be you. there for millennia, most likely. Thank you for being understanding because I'm very awkward about confrontation. Oh, no. We love it. I knew exactly what the problem was. We'll talk talk about you later. I really do wonder if they would have preferred we just get a divorce. This is Zero Waste Baby. Zero Waste Baby. I'm Veronica Milsom. I used to host a radio show on Triple J. Way back then, I was a shameless consumer of things I don't need. I've really changed since those days, particularly over the last two months. This zero-waste journey I'm on has helped me slowly flourish from an environment-destroying caterpillar into a zero-waste butterfly. And as a parent, realising you don't need to buy every baby-related thing to raise a healthy child is a hard thing to unlearn, because from the minute you do your first ultrasound, you're brainwashed into thinking you need all this stuff and it has to be brand new. Clothes, bedding, carriers, prams, bouncers, toys, or bassinets. Apparently Finnish people don't even use bassinets. They just put their newborns in cardboard boxes. And it seems the Finns are growing up just fine. I mean, I don't know any. Not even a famous one. That's weird. There's no famous Finns. Actually, maybe there is something wrong with them. Anyway, I want my two-year-old Lila to unlearn the idea that she needs so much stuff. She'll be the one my zero-waste newborn Zoe will be learning from. So this week, my goal is to declutter the baby stuff in our house and try to stop any more coming in, mainly toys, which is not being helped by my in-laws or my dad, Big Mill, who you already know loves excess. I'll always stay one tub of butter ahead of the game, always. (laughs) Lately, Big Mill's been sending the kids heaps of jewellery. It's his new hobby. He's done with fly fishing, whittling, collecting soaps. Now he's become a jeweller and takes custom requests for pictures my toddler wants on pendants. I posted all that crap to Lila. Oh, no, Dad, I said stop posting things. She's got too many things. God, I'm trying to reduce the amount of things she has. Oh, but it's it's addressed to you. That doesn't... No, she goes to the post box. (laughs) That doesn't... 
make a difference. <laughs> Love that Big Mill thinks by addressing the packages, to me, it's a sneaky workaround for the stuff not counting towards the baby's waste. Well, they've all gone now, so you've got, you've got two dragons, Pepper's, Pepper the pig, a little car, and um, Ice Woman, whatever her name is. Oh, yeah, the frozen girl. Okay, so they're things that you've, they're jewellery that you've made. Yeah. Mm, okay. Um, do you think it's possible to be a minimalist parent? I'm sure, absolutely, of course it's got to be possible. Could I have been a minimalist parent? Mm, no. Why not? Um, I just, you know, I, I, th- I don't think it occurred to us in our era that excess was not okay because we came off parents that had been through a recession, a depression, and to have as much as you could lay your hands on was a good thing. I mean, his heart's in the right place, but it's really not in the spirit of the thing. So I got to admit, this next step to zero-waste parenting is inspired once again by Anita Van Dyke, my dream girl, my zero-waste influencer. Do you remember her from Ep4? Found her on Instagram, and now I'm single white femaling the hell out of her. Well, back when I went snooping at her apartment, I was really impressed with how she managed how many toys her baby had. So everything that you see here, is this, this is it. So I have this basket, this basket and, you know, this display here. But if it doesn't fit into those areas, we declutter. Hmm. We go through it together, we say what haven't she hasn't used for a while and we put it away in a box or we donate it. And sometimes this rotation of toys actually makes the toys fresher and they actually play more with the toys that they have because they're not overwhelmed. Mm, they appreciate them more. Yeah. There has got to be truth to that. My eldest, Lila, is two years old and she plays with her toys for like a day and then they're junk to her. Except, of course, if you're listening, Big Mill, not your jewellery. She will love that forever, especially Ice Woman. Anyway, point is, Lila has too many toys going unused and zero respect for any of them. Lila, Lila, come back and pack up these toys. No. Can you pack them up, Hannah? No toys on the ground. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I'm saying no toys on the ground. I was asking you to pick them up, please. Yeah, I can't remember is bargaining with a child a good parenting tactic or you're not I don't know. I know I'm partially to blame, so I don't want to raise my newborn baby to be like this too. The only time I do manage to pare back the amount of toys Lila uses is when we're travelling, because it's out of necessity. And it feels so good. Parents who travel constantly must feel this toyless freedom all the time, like my mate Keita Alexander, who pretty much travels the world full-time with her baby Vali. In the first year of Vali's life, he travelled to 10 different countries, so I don't actually know how long we were home for. Keita's a musician, model, mum, and her husband's a champion surfer in the World Surf League. Owen Wright is his name. So she spends most of the year flying into glamorous beachside locations. This sounds like hell to me. Lila's toys only keep her interest for a day or so. So how can Keita keep Vali amused with only the toys she can fit in her carry-on? Please, share this magic with me, Keita. Tell me about Vali's toy collection. Like, is it extensive? Okay, so we started out, I had this strict rule of no plastic in the house. I didn't want any plastic toys, but I told everyone this rule except my my dad and my stepmom because they're really generous and they just like giving, and I felt bad saying that because they'd already given us a few plastic toys. Um, And I went through this really (laughs) awkward phase of whenever we got plastic toys, I'd be like, so grateful, thank you so much. And I lied saying 
he Farley really likes the toy, but I'd actually like re-gifted them or taken them to op shops or, um, and I feel really bad just for lying. But um, <laughs> my dad and stepmom clued on after a while, and it is really awkward telling people that they you don't want presents though, or that you only want like recycled presents. I find that that process is really gross. I never thought of asking for recycled presents. I quite like that. Mm. Cause I always just said, we don't have a big enough house to accommodate toys for Christmas and mm. birthdays. So I just said, please nothing. Or um, if you have to plastic free, but you're right. It was awkward. Yeah. It, I mean, it is awkward um, telling Vali that he's not allowed to have lots of presents when I can see behind you, there's just like a hundred <laughs> surfboards. <laughs> and he's got and his like, own well, little, dad has heaps of toys. He's got his own little mini one. <laughs> So what sort of toys are you bringing on the road with you? Is like a set amount of things that you can possibly take? Oh, for sure. He's got a tiny little um, pencil case about 20 centimetres by 10. It's really small. We barely pack any toys. Um, and see, he used to be really good. We used to have this little wooden dog. We bought these little wooden cows. Mm. He had a little felt owl. Like he used to be really good at playing with simple toys. But I think since he started going to daycare and his his world's kind of opened up into that short attention span, which I struggle with because I think that affects his, how he plays. Okay, so Owen Wright doesn't travel light, but his toddler, Vali, does. And it's all because of the way Keita's raised him. Damn, I want to be more like Keita. And not just because she's an international jet-setting pop star slash model. I also just want to be happier with less stuff that'll end up in landfill. And I want my kids to want that too. Because right now, Lila loves accumulating plastic junk. She's got all the hallmarks of a hoarder. Um, I'm thinking that we will throw out some of your toys, Bubba, because I feel like there's too ah! many, it's too many toys. No, I don't oh. want to throw them out. Well, I know not throw them out. We might just give them to other kids as presents. No, I need them. Oh, I need them. If only there was a Murray condo for babies some way to outsource the decluttering. So I Google it, and the internet delivers once again. A Murray Kondo consultant. Yes, such a thing exists for toddlers. And her name is Pilar Lorante. The whole cleaning movement is like a religion, and Pilar, a disciple. What I do is follow Marie Kondo on her dream of transforming a cluttered homes into a place of serenity and inspiration. <laughs> and I'm sorry it's not serene with this kid. <laughs> Pilar is a Colombian goddess. She has this crazy, buffy, black mermaid curls that go all the way down her back. She started her company, Neatly Awesome, after she was inspired by tidying up with Marie Kondo on Netflix. And it really transformed her into a new person. I don't know what she was like before, but right now she's a smiley, delightful ray of sunshine, just exuding positivity. She condoed herself. The journey for me was uh, beautiful because I have never been an organized person at all. And the thing is that I used to blame everybody for the mess. So back in Colombia, when I was sharing the room with my sister, I used to blame her for the mess. And then I got married and then 
it was my poor husband's fault. Everything was his fault, right? Yeah. And then the kids came along. And of course, it was very easy to blame it on them, their toys, their clothes. Everything was their fault because they could not speak up. And I was spending too much time worrying about finding and organizing things. And that's when I discovered the book, The Life-Changing Magic of Tidying Up. So I read the book, and just by reading the book, I understood that the problem wasn't them. The problem was my relationship with my belongings and how I didn't appreciate them enough. So uh, after I discovered all those things, I did the Marie at home. I did the whole thing. And that's when I decided, okay, I'm going to chase her to London. So I went to London and I did the seminar to become a Marie consultant. And I cannot imagine doing anything else in my life. So if you haven't seen the Marie Kondo show, the whole idea behind her cleaning method is that you learn to be mindful of your possessions and get rid of anything that doesn't spark joy when you hold it. Can you describe how it feels when that spark joy moment happens? Oh, wow. You will know. At first, it's a bit difficult. And people is like, what? Do I really need to touch every single thing? And think if it gives me joy. But it's a very important part of the process. Okay, if even adults don't have the patience to see if every item sparks joy, I'm pretty dubious that my toddler will. And Lila's really ramped up the crazy since Pilar arrived. I think she can sense that we're staging a hoarding intervention. Hey, Baba, can you show us your bedroom? Come on, let's have a look at your bedroom. Why not? Pilar wants to see your bedroom. Cut to 10 minutes later when Lila eventually allows us in. Oh, what's that, Lila? What have you you got there? Um, What's inside the bag? Potato head. Mr. Potato Head. But this is the thing, Pilar. We don't have one Mr. Potato Head. We have two. We have three. We have far too many Mr. Potato Heads. And we try to put them in bags. But we've just got a lot of stuff, don't we, Lila? Yeah. Yeah. Luckily, this is the moment Pilar takes over and starts working her magic. How about we play a game? It's called a game of piles. Oh, Cool. We're following the exact method of the Marie Kondo show. This is the first part of the process, the creation of a mound of junk on the floor. And on the TV show, this is generally the moment that a client gets overwhelmed and starts to cry. Not Lila, though. Okay, so Pilar's getting all of the um, toys out of the cot. So there's just lots and lots of soft toys and dollies that are completely filling the cot. Yeah. And I think... You think it's perfect to have so many? Apart from the fact that Lila's being a difficult client, the whole process is very quickly becoming quite chaotic. Okay, Missy, can you go through the pile again? The room's being turned upside down, which is frankly stressing me out. And there's this stupid toy Lila has that mocks you by repeating what you say. I think we have a lot of flamingos in here. What's the story with these flamingos? Good. Oh, so you want to put everything together. Okay, let's do that. (laughs) It's really hard with a baby. Okay, (laughs) Missy. No, the damn fox. Okay, Missy, can you please tell me which of all of those it's, it's your favourite? One, 
Those two. Pilar is determined to make this work and I'm loving her energy. None of it's being made easier, though, by the fact that Lila thinks it's a fun game to start hiding the toys so they won't make the pile. And it does seem like a pretty solid way to game the system. Are you hiding some in there? <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. Some, some animals eat the night. Oh. And they cut me. Oh, do they, some of these animals wake you up in the night? Well, that's probably a good reason yeah. to get rid of them. Hmm, I brush off the disclosure of some sort of traumatic nighttime visitors. Note to self, follow up on child being woken in the night by inanimate objects. But we move on. Is this an animal? No, a bunny rabbit. A bunny rabbit, so let's put it there. Okay. Two bunny rabbits. Oh, see that how many bunny rabbits there are, Pilar? There's way too many bunny rabbits. Yes. And, and you have a lot of rabbits. And you'd Helen. <laughs> Helen. Hey, Helen's a dolly, so she has to go on the other pile, huh? <laughs> Helen can't go here. <laughs> Just so you know, Helen's not fine. She's half a century old, tufts of her hair are missing, her eyes are creepy as hell, and the mechanism that used to be her cutesy voice now just sends out a faint scream like an animal trapped in a well. <laughs> Truly horrifying. I'm actually surprised that this is not the thing that's been waking Lila up at night. But Pilar doesn't seem to notice and flowers on trying to sort out the piles. Okay, so right now Pilar is holding up two toys for Lila to choose between. It's a showdown between a knitted unicorn and a Barbie that has long, curly brown hair. This is not your favourite. Okay. You like it, but you don't love, 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 love it. Do you? I do like it. You do like it. Okay. And um, you remember how lo- how much have you played with her? Have you played a lot with her or not so much? Not so much. Not so much. Okay. Uh, do you think maybe another girl will be happier playing with her? Yes. Yes. Okay. So let's put this one on the side. Okay. Oh, it's hard letting go, isn't it? Okay. Well, nobody liked getting rid of them, but it was necessary to help us on our way to becoming a zero-waste family. After Pilar left, I expected Lila to be cranky at me and mourning the loss of the toys she'd waved goodbye to. But the truth is, after a few hours, she never mentioned them again. It's like they never existed. And in a strange twist, that kind of made me sad. But then happy, because it all worked out. What a miracle! And then, by donating the old stuff to op shops, it means Barbies like the Pilar lookalike will be reused, hopefully sparking joy in a new little kid. Oh, shut up, Fox. Coming up next episode, I try to navigate the world of waste-free baby food, all the while avoiding the squeezy pouches and plastic packaging that makes it all so easy and convenient. And because breastfeeding is the most obvious waste-free option in the early months, I meet a mum who did a thing called natural term breastfeeding, which meant she breastfed her daughter for almost a decade. We just follow the guidance of our baby of our child and I did that and she weaned at eight and a half. Now it's not like breastfeeding a newborn that you're doing it every two hours. As the years roll by, it might be just two or three times a day. So the child decides, chooses when they want to breastfeed. That's next week on Zero Waste Baby. 
if you hit subscribe on this podcast, then you'll get a free notification every time I release a new episode. And while I still have you, if you liked it, please give it five stars and recommend it to a friend. If you didn't like it, don't say anything. Zero Waste Baby was written and presented by Veronica Milsom. Script consultation and original music by James Milsom, my brother. Editing assistance by Lindsay Green. And audio production by Darcy Thompson. Jennifer Goggin was the executive producer. Also, she helped her write this. Also, she edited it. She did a lot of the things and she's put a gun to my head just making me say this. Listener.